Welcome to the Weight Loss for Women podcast, a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can eat more, train less, and lose weight in a healthy and sustainable way. I'm Kitty Bloomfield, co-founder of New Strength and Saturay, creator of pro-metabolic food supplements and seriously saturated skin. Craig's got something grotty on his jumper and he's trying to... <laughs> <I> just... <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to, camera here. He's I'm trying to like, get oh, it up. Geez. I'm like, oh, so many uh, times, like, who else is? Built lunch. Yeah, I'm who? just saving it for later, Bab. You know, and I get a bit right. hungry in the afternoon because it's part of my lunch anyway. So it's yeah. still in my macros. Ladies, ladies, who else is partner? Like, pray. <laughs> Like doesn't put clothes away. Like I say to him, okay, so if the clothes are dirty, they go in the basket, right? If they're clean, they get put away into their appropriate space in the wardrobe. But he has this like pile of fucking clothes in this little thing. And I'm always like, is these dirty? Are they dirty or are they clean? You know, like who else is, who else, who else is husband? Right. Who else is? If they're dirty, they go. I put them straight in the basket because it's right beside And then before we went on holidays. That pile is the stuff that I will use. Like in the morning when I wake up, like straight away. So but what about this? What about this? So remember that jumper? I was like, oh, do you want me to, because he has this jumper, this like, it's a good, really warm one to take away. And he's like, no, 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 true. It's clean. It's fine. So we're just about to leave it. I'm looking at the jumper. I'm like, that jumper is so dirty. I'm like, you're totally feral. Anyway. So uh, I'm sure that the women uh, this can totally relate to that. I'm sure it's a man thing. I only, only realised that when you pointed it out. Yeah. Anyway. So it's today not- we'll. So today we're just talking a little bit more about um, what I'm doing for my uh, training and body composition for the next 12 months. So if you listen to the podcast, you know, about the whole TTC journey and, you know, anyway, I won't recap that whole fucking thing. So I'm sure people are sick of hearing about it. Mm. I'm sick of talking about it, to be honest. Mm. Um, But, you know, now that that's all, you know, done and dusted and we're, you know, moving forward, no kids, life. So I decided that, okay, that's it. It's time to get serious about the training again and the nutrition and, you know, set some, not that I was, not, not that I was like, you know, but obviously I didn't have any goals, any specific goals for with training and nutrition. I have actually haven't had any specific goals for a long time. Hey, since I competed in powerlifting, which was when we owned our gym. So that's like, I don't know, what, what 2008, when did we sell the gym? It's probably not even. Well, people. I mean, we sold it in 2009, but we hadn't been yeah. there. We'd already been. Yeah. There, so it's probably there, been like yeah. for, since I competed at Pro Raw, it was probably the last time I had any sort of serious since I broke my arm yeah. squatting. And yeah, so I haven't um, had any goals. And I really did did love competing in powerlifting. And I trained with um, a couple of coaches. And the most recent one was Thomas Lilly, who we sold our gym to, who I love training with him. Yeah. Um, and we sort of went back and forth about should I do powerlifting or bodybuilding? And then I was like, I want to be a power builder. So I want to be like, <laughs> like this strong, muscular powerlifter. And you know, I want to build yeah. heaps of muscle. Yeah. And- <laughs> it's, 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 and that's exactly how it goes. It's just like I'll be just sitting here minding my own business. Boom, the door opens or well, doesn't open. It, it like flies open. I've got this idea. <laughs> All right, this is what I want to do. This is how we're going to do it, right? And it's all, it's all, it's all like. We're going to do this. And so we just went back and forth and Craig's like, look, like, what do you want to do? Do you want to build muscle? Do you want to like compete in powerlifting? So I feel like, you know, we just, I don't know. I just wanted these opposing. I mean, you can obviously do both, but we sort of chatted about it and we decided that I was going to be a bodybuilder for 12 months because I've never actually specifically have I ever trained in a way to bring up lagging body parts or specifically trained like you train basically Mm. and uh so the first thing that we did was 
I um, lost the fat that I'd put on over the last couple of years. So over the, probably put on about maybe five, 6% body fat, do you reckon, over the two years of that whole journey, about-ish. Yeah. Got up to like 26, 27% body fat. Um, and yeah, there was just a lot of my clothes that just weren't fitting me anymore. And so obviously now I didn't have any reason to hold that extra body fat. And so first of all, I just, um, we did a little mini cut to lose that. Um, so that was over about a period of four weeks Mm -hmm. and the fat just dropped off me. Hey, like it was amazing. So obviously I've just been eating so much food for so long and I'd never hadn't dieted for like years and years and years and I had a lot of muscle. So it was relatively um easy i think the average calories was like 2100 21 yeah 2120 i think it was when we averaged it because there was some lower weeks and then higher weeks um and he set me a step target of 15000 steps and i've been training 5 days so he's up my program to 5 days i tried to negotiate it down to 4 but he's like do you want the result do you want the result do you want to bring up these lagging body parts i'm like so he has to say to me is do you want the result So I've adapted to training um, five days a week, but anyone who's listening to this, I don't want you to think that you need to train five days a week. Like I'm pretty advanced and now I've got these specific bodybuilding goals, like crazy, like, you know, you got your back's too big and you need bigger lats and you need bigger legs and blah, blah, blah. So, but you know, like I trained for a very long time, three to four days a week, hey, and got great results. So, you know, I think if you're a woman listening to this and you are busy and you haven't trained before, many of our most amazing transformations train three days a week. So you definitely can start there for sure. Once you've been training for nine years like me, then, you know, you might want to and get more specific. But we did that. um, I think probably the worst part of that was obviously eating less food, but, you know, the training, I really noticed a difference in my training. So, you know, Craig's like, look, I know what you like. You like to train hard. You need to keep three in the tank with all of your lifts, especially your big compound lifts, because you're just not going to have the energy to recover. Like your goal is not to be strong now or build strength or, you know, beat any PBs. It's just to try and maintain as much muscle as you can um, and just, you know, obviously sleep and eat and just lose the body fat. So, um, yeah, but I really well, 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 um Objectively, we're letting the yeah. diet or the yeah. amount of calories that you're on dictate the changes in body weight, mm-hmm. which is the role of, of any diet nutrition. The it, it, mm. role of the diet is to manipulate your, your total body weight. Um, the role of the, the training is always to manipulate your muscle mass. So in this case, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to really you know, put anything on because you're in a calorie deficit. And especially when you're a more advanced lifter, you're just not going to be able to make those changes. Like when you're a newbie lifter, Mm. you can be in a slight deficit and still build muscle. Absolutely. But at your level, it's just, it's one or the other. So let the diet just come down. uh, The the amount of calories you do just come down and and let that be the change in body weight, (laughs) let your ability to maintain, you know, what you've been lifting for the most part, you know, certain numbers on certain lifts, just, just, just go into the gym to just with the goal to just maintain those numbers, hold on to those numbers really is probably a better way to put it. And then also just, you know, increase your step target a little bit to increase your, your obviously energy expenditure per day. Mm. And then that was the goal. So it's just like training is just a little bit boring and kind of. Yeah. It's just because also too, you don't make any progress. Box at that point. Yeah. Yep. And then you have but, to, you sort of said that to me, like, look, you just, the goal is fat loss. It's not yeah. about getting stronger. So I was like, yeah, sweet. Just go through the motions, train, you know, yep. uh, and it obviously worked, Like the fat just dropped off me. I think I started at 70.2 and finished it. 50 sorry 65.5 yep. and then 
we had a break because we knew we were going holidays too and I wasn't going to do on holidays. So we just brought my calories right back up to just under 2,700 and I sort of sat it, stabilized at like 66.5, no, 67.5, mm-hmm. I think around there or three, just 67-ish. Um, and I just, it was amazing. As soon as you increase the food, my training numbers just went up. Energy obviously came back, which was amazing. Yeah. Um, but that I fit it all back into my clothes now. So I'm sweet. You know, it didn't take much to, yeah. to get there. And Craig, just so that when people listening, cause like, wh- when would you do these? Cause for me, obviously a lot of women would listen to it go, oh, 2,100 calories is actually a lot. But for me, it was quite a decent deficit, but we did it over a five week period, which is a shorter period of time. When would you, when is that? That's actually quite an aggressive deficit. That's right. That's way. right. That's, that's right. Not, not like, no. a tenth, that's more like 20%, 30. 20% plus. Yeah. Something like that. Um, yeah. Cause obviously I hadn't tracked accurately for a long time. I just, I still prep my food and sort of roughly track, but you know, we'd go out and I'd eat more food and we'd have burritos and like, you know, just, I just ate more. I just didn't track it properly because I didn't yep. need to. Mm. Um, but uh, like when is that appropriate? Like, obviously, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. I've got lots of muscle and my metabolic markers were good. You know, like you wouldn't start a client on that. And why wouldn't you? Well, again, first of all, we just needed to establish what your maintenance calories actually were. Right. So we, you know, we do a body composition chest, no different to when any new client starts with us. We, you know, look at their, their age, their height, um, total body weight, and do some girth measurements, which ultimately, you know, gives us a body fat percentage. And then that ultimately allows us to understand, you know, in kilos, how much or in pounds, how much fat they've got on their body and also how much lean mass they've got on their body. And then we also work out how active they are, right? So that activity, activity factor basically then determines really what their maintenance calories are going to be. So the body composition sets a, a BMR and then we work out their activity level. So it's BMR plus activity level is your maintenance calories, right? Now with, with Kip, we kind of did it roughly, but we wanted to be a little bit more aggressive with it. So I, I, I bumped it up. I think it was about 20% below your maintenance calories. I think I ended up working it out and that's just what it works out to be based off how much lean body mass you have. Cause obviously the more muscle you have, the more calories you need to run. And Kitty's got a lot of muscle, right? So it's, it's there, but she's also super active. Like she averages easily. 12,000 when I'm not trying, cause obviously now I'm trying to get it. But like when, when we would just put, push the calories back up before we were in holidays, about 12,000 steps. Yeah. And when I focus on it, cause you obviously like now we're doing this little last bit of mini cut again, I've been trying to get 15,000. So yeah. I really actively try. So I'd probably yeah. average 12, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. So it's, so it's, it's, it's high muscle, high, uh, high, you know, consumption of calories, um, you know, from, from the, the muscle, the way you train and also just your activity on a per daily basis. That's a lot of output. Now this, this process is not unique to Kitty. This is the same process that we do with everyone. It's just what your calories work out to be is all just going to be relative to your body composition, mm. right? If you don't have a lot of muscle and you're not very active, well, then you just you you're just not going to be eating a, a lot of food. Like you just you, your your maintenance calories isn't going to be that high. But I guess um, what I, the question I'm asking is, this is a like you technically call this a mini cut, right? And you would only yeah. use, when do you use these with clients who yep. are more experienced, who have good metabolic markers, who have yep. higher you know um, yep. maintenance calories? Like you wouldn't do this with someone no. who's just starting, so, who's hasn't established good habits, who hasn't tracked their food, who hasn't, you know, like, does that make sense? 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, so a, a mini cut is essentially um, is a, a more aggressive way to diet for a much shorter period of time. So generally when I do a, a, a traditional or conventional fat loss phase with someone, it, mm. you know, it, 12 to 16 weeks is generally what we do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, generally I'll start them anywhere, anywhere kind of between, you know, five to 10% below their maintenance calories, you know, and again, it kind of depends on the person. There's, there's more questions that I want to ask, you know, around their, their food habits and their, you know, the current kind of mental state and what they're sort of doing with training. So it's going to be different for everyone, but generally five, 10, maybe 15%, a mini cut's going to be 20% plus, right? Mm. Even, even as high, I'd even go as high as 30%. So mm. that's a pretty aggressive deficit. But that's going to be again relative to the person. If if there's someone who's got a high output and they've got a really high um, level of maintenance calories, and they're already relatively lean, then that's where these kind of situations work. And by relatively lean, like they're sitting around the twenty five ish percent body fat. Do you know what I mean? I really wouldn't be doing it with people that have got a bit more body fat to lose than that not much muscle too hey not much like if you know yeah that's that's generally when it becomes mm-hmm. an issue so mm-hmm. it, it's, it's obviously very selective because you, you're doing an aggressive dieting but you're only going to be doing it for a maximum of four to five weeks all right um so basically we need to consider those options and then kind of go okay the goal is to lose up to about 1.5 percent of your body weight per week so generally with a normal disconventional diet, it's between 0.5 and 1%. Many cut, we want up around 1.5. Mm. Right, so Which I think I, looking at each week, I just hit that right on the money pretty yeah, much, yeah, like absolutely. 1% yeah, body yeah. fat. So, was, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think the thing I was annoyed me the most was the training. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, well, not being able to train hard. It's a more aggressive amount of calories. So you just need yeah. to be mindful that your ability to recover is just going to be inhibited. But this yeah, is I, I, did, uh, I did remember one day I pushed it real hard just because I was like, oh, I'm feeling so good. Oh, the next day I felt so terrible. I was like, yeah. oh, I, won't, I won't do that again. I remember telling Craig, I was like, oh, yeah. he's like, I told you. I told you. And I think probably my tips for, you know, when you're doing this is what I did is I just ate the same thing, kept it super simple. I just ate the same thing every day, which I'm doing again now because we're doing another one, a short one before we start this building phase. Mm -hmm. And also because we're just so busy, but less room for error. And then if you do need to change something, it's easy to know what to change because you're eating the same thing. And then what another strategy I also used, and I'm not saying people should use this, but it just helped me is that, like Craig set the calories and I pulled a hundred calories off every day and put them to Saturday. So I've got one higher day and every other day is a hundred calories less. So that because some every weekend we had something on, which gave me some room for movement there. So if I could eat a meal off the plan, I just had to eyeball it obviously, but I've been doing this for a while, but I still dropped the body fat still within the range. I was still eating in that deficit. So that's just one thing. And every other meal was the same. So, you know, 41 meals with a on point. And then there was just that one that was obviously, I wasn't 100% sure what was in it because... By 41 meals, she means she eats six times a day, seven times per week. Yeah. So 42 so, meals in total. Yeah. So 41 of them were awesome. 42 was was still actually technically tracked. It was just mm-hmm. she was making... A know, guesstimate, guess-dessing, hey. Just, just to pull it even, even a bit further calories off the day-to-day than what I'd kind of recommended in order for mm-hmm. her to, you know, work in that time where we're going to be out because we had like my dad's birthday and i wasn't going to be like dad i'm not coming to your birthday because i'm yeah, doing no, this no, no, fine. Cut, you know, you know? And this is this is kind of part of it but it, but it's also you know i don't 
there's very few clients that I talk to unless they're really advanced to kind of understand that because it, mm. it's, it's, it requires a level of understanding around food portion controls, control, but also like your own ability to moderate and, you know, choose foods that are on a menu that are just a lot easier to make all this happen. So I think it's, it's one thing to be wary of, but I think also with, you know, the people that, that need to do this, like generally a mini cut is, is usually reserved in its, in its truest form for when you're in a muscle gain phase. So when you're in a muscle gain phase, you need to be in a caloric surplus, which means over time, you know, body weight and body fat does need to go up a little bit, right? You need to be in that, that surplus amount of calories to be creating the most anabolic environment as possible to, to maximize as much muscle building as possible. And if you're already in a state where you're like above 30% or even about 25% body fat, depending on your height and, and, and level of muscle that you have, um, what that means is when you do a muscle gain phase, you're just not going to get very far with it before you start to get fatter than you need to be. So the whole point of doing this with Kitty is that she really wanted to make, you know, that real next jump in her physique. And when you're already advanced, like that's going to take 12 months for her to really, even though with all the understanding of training and how to execute and put in high effort and be consistent and adherent with the whole plan, you know, for her to make, you know, the, the most that she can make, which isn't going to be very much don't mean to deflate you, but it, it's, you know, when you're at advanced level, you just, don't right. make, sorry, you just, don't, it's, it's not going to be huge, but for her to really do it and maximize it, um, she needs to be doing it for 12 months. And if every um, so often, like every say couple of months, you've got to stop and do like a full conventional diet phase because your, your body fat is like 35% or so, you know, it's getting really quite high. Like, not only is that unhealthy, but it just, at that point, you become so insulin resistant, your, 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 your nutrient partitioning is set up to just be gaining more and more body fat and, and less about muscle. So if you can start from a base where you get super, super lean, you know, down to, you know, I've got some clients. What's, what's the range that you would like to see women in before they did a building phase? Uh, it, well, in an ideal scenario, like I've got some clients at the moment, um, they're in the 15% kind of range. 15 to 20. Uh, yeah. 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 20. So like, obviously the majority of women- 15 we, to 17 is kind I mean, of- majority of women we metrics. work with are not that lean. Like they're just doing a traditional fat loss phase, improving yeah. their behaviors and habits, but this is obviously for down the track. So- yeah, So lower, yeah. lower than 20, but, the, but, but, but at, basically what I'm trying to say is like you, you, the lower you are, the more you're going to get out of the muscle building phase, because at, at some point, like those clients who are 15, they're going to have to get up to about 22%. But that's going to happen. You know, if we're thinking about, about a one to 1 1.2% of body weight gain per month, which for women is ideal in terms of a muscle gain phase, because you guys just build muscle much, much slower than men. So men can push their calories a little bit more aggressively with it. Mm. But because, muscle gain, especially at your level as well, it, it just becomes so slow that we only want the rate of gain to happen relative to the rate of muscle gain. So if your body weight is um, going up too quickly, what that ultimately means is if it's not reflective of the actual strength gains that you're making, then it's likely a bit of that weight that's going up is going to be predominantly body fat. So it's got to be a slow process. But the thing is at some point, 
you're only going to go as far as you can go because you've kind of got to that point where you're starting to switch over from being really insulin sensitive and the, the, the nutrient partitioning is set up for more lean muscle gain. And then it's going to start to switch into more body fat as more body fat accumulates. So the whole point of a mini cut is say, if you go from 15 up to, you know, 20% or whatever, and you start getting 21, 22 and start getting a little bit soft, you use a mini cut. It's only done for four weeks maximum. It's more aggressive. You drop back down to maybe 17 or 18%. And then you've got another good, you know, maybe 10, 12, 13 weeks of muscle gain, as opposed to when you do a conventional diet of 16 weeks, how many 16 weeks blocks can you do in a year? Like not that many. And if you've got to do that every time, because you, you've got, you've gained so much body fat, then it's just, it's not going to be beneficial. You're not going to make much progress. So we have to, if we can set you up where you're starting from a really, really lean state, your body's like a sponge. Like I said, it's more insulin sensitive. All of your health markers are really, really good. Triglycerides are really, really low. Fasting glucose levels, all of these sort of things. So we can really push the carbohydrates up. Really see those training performances go up. You having these, these big performance in your recovery uh, capabilities are really, really high. That's when you're going to be maximizing as much muscle gain, but you can only, you've only got so much runway to work with before you have to go, okay, have I gained as much muscle as I want? No, I've still a bit more to go. Okay. My body fat's right on that, that line. Now, if I go too much further, I'm going to start having some kind of negative consequences, both the way that I look and also from a health market perspective, we now use a mini cut, which is a more aggressive form of dieting for the next four weeks diet right down, wash a lot of that fatigue off, wash a lot of that body fat off, and then restart the muscle gain phase. And that way you can keep extending this out for like a 12 month period. And maybe, you know, only every like 16 or 20 weeks, you do a four week block. So you're getting more and more time spending in this surplus amount of calories in this anabolic environment where you're maximizing muscle gain. So that, that is the actual true purpose of a mini cut. It's to prolong a muscle gain. But for certain people, depending on your state, like in your case, we, we used it to actually start a muscle gain phase because you, you had a little bit of body fat on you, but not that much that it wasn't going to take that long. We didn't need to do a full 16-week conventional diet in order to do that. We could do it a bit more aggressively, but also you had, you've already got a lot of muscle. You're already eating a lot of food. You hadn't dieted for a really long time, so there was no psychological or you know, we have to fix, you know, like women coming with hormonal imbalance and sleep issues. It's like, we've got to get them into like consistent eating and sleeping and fix their cycle issues. And, you know, this obviously a lot of leave them at maintenance calories and just the the training and the activity and the habits build, and that will see a big improvement. And then, you know, we might change directions and get a bit more specific with one of those, but a lot of those times for, for women like that, that particular part doesn't need to be overcomplicated. Yeah. And this, like a lot of women listening to this, you, you'll never probably do this. Like this like, obviously I'm advanced. I've been lifting for a long time and I just want some new goals, you know, for my training. And a lot of the women we work with will just, you know, some of them will get, put some muscle on, get down to 25% body fat. They'll be really happy. And they just want to sustain it training three days a week. And you can absolutely do that. I think once you've built your base, sustaining it, if you just want to sustain it, you can do less, right? Like you don't have to, to grow it. Obviously you need to put the effort and the work in, but if you, it just depends on what your goals are really. And like, we've got a couple of clients at Craig's working with that came in with like Lou Driver with really terrible endometriosis. She spent like 12 to 18 months just improving all her health markers, training, yep. you know, got rid of all of her endo symptoms. She had this chronic thrush. She, she's done a podcast, listen to it. 
And so she improved all her health. Then she spent some time doing a building phase, building, 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 training hard. And then she did, uh, just did a fat loss phase with Craig. Now they've got lost all the body fat, maintained all the health markers because she'd built that good foundation. And now they're doing a building phase again. So, yeah. you know, yeah, I think. She's doing that herself yeah. and, and Jen yeah. Swan. Obviously, yeah. Anna's sort of in a different position because yeah. she just finished competing in April. So she's already started. She was already obviously yeah. super, super late. So, yeah. but also that, you know, but it's again, all of these guys had spent time. But Anna, Anna's the extreme. Like I'm doing a podcast with her and she lost her period doing competing, but she knew oh, that. Yeah. She, she, she knew, she knew and understood the, like not the consequences, I guess you'd say, but the effects it's going to have on her body. But yeah. anything like it, competing, any sort of extreme sport, like you know, running any, or any, any athlete, any yeah. athlete is not yeah. healthy. We we know yeah. That. So, but she did. She, I think, she entered it in from a really good place because she was really healthy, high calories. Now she's reverse dieting, getting her period back. All her markers are coming up. Yeah. You know, she's going to have a long off season of high calories, building muscle. Yeah. You know, so trying to do it as as best as she can. Um, you know, but yeah. So basically, yeah, we had the whole. Then we went on holidays and actually lost bloody weight. Like lost like a kilo, a kilo and a half because we just. Felt like we were eating so much, but obviously we weren't eating enough to compensate for the energy that we were expending <laughs> on the holiday doing the bloody skiing. We only ate like three or four meals a day because we were in and out all the time. Mm. Um, so then when we got back, we did my skin folds and it was interesting comparing this to last year. So I was, I think, down two and a half kilos of muscle, sorry, to two years ago before we started the TTC journey, which is a bit fucking sad. But first world problem, you know. Um, so I'm two point at the same weight. I'm fatter, but less muscle, which is a bit annoying. But you know what? You can build the muscle back. So we're just doing another short dieting phase just to get a little bit more body fat off. Craig wants me to be a little bit leaner, and then we're going to go into the twelve month building phase. And Craig um, did a physique assessment on me. <laughs> Tell them what your physique assessment was, Mister Bodybuilder. Well, I mean, it was just reflective of someone who who was really doing powerlifting for you know, quite a long time. Like your 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 upper back um, and your traps and your erectors are, are like a super super thick. <laughs> um, I'm I'm quite jealous, to be honest. Yes, that's um, right. He's jealous. That's what he's jealous. Yeah, of it's, it's, he pays me out. I'm like, oh, you're just jealous. It's, yeah, yeah. It is true. Yeah? It is a little bit like that. I fucking hate you. <laughs> um, uh so yeah so just really really thick back but not 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 enough lat engagement because you do so much um you know rowing uh, and and deadlifting especially the way you deadlift mm. um you know you really kind of engage a lot of that upper back musculature so yeah just not a lot of lats there so we you know and and the way you kind of do a lot of chins still kind of end up getting a lot more um you know, rear delts and, and terries and all that sort of stuff, which is again really overdeveloped, but just nothing where you're really setting into that spot where we're where um stabilizing the, the trunk and like really driving mm-hmm. the elbow down to to get more the lats into the iliac part where the insertion part is. So a lot more kind of single arm um rowing and and pull downs. Um uh you you interestingly enough your your glutes need a little bit more uh, growth on them. I mean, that's something that I think every female generally bigger legs. That's what big legs. Big yeah. Um, but again, like it's just like you hadn't sort of done much low bar since you've sort of, I guess, sort of you know broke your arm all that sort of time ago. 
Um, well, I did squat, but like I just, we never, you just like your back's so big compared to everything else on your body. Yeah. Your back's and, so and it's just one of those things like when you start to, like your form breaks down, you can just put yourself into a position where your back just takes over on everything. And you can kind of power yourself through the movement, which is kind of cool, but then it just takes away from the movement. So we, again, just getting a little bit more specific on a few movements, adding in a more, bit more sort of glute isolation stuff, a bit more single leg stuff. Um, and five-day program, three-day, three lower body days. Yeah. And then just yeah. just just more volume with, with, with the hip dominant stuff, really. Um, and then taking a lot of the back stuff out. So there's no real like horizontal rowing stuff. It's all just like single arm, that specific stuff so we're not really doing any back stuff because you just don't need it so with that volume that we've taken out from what you were kind of doing or what you're capable of doing we're sort of just putting it towards more sort of lower body stuff mm. um yes yeah, so it's cool i really like my new program there's some fun exercises in there that i like yeah a bit more side delt stuff which you're doing yeah. like every <laughs> session um a little bit more bicep work as well so you know biceps and arms just something that you never really I put them in your program. You just wouldn't fucking do them. But I do them now. I'm committed. I'm committed to the, you know, to the bodybuilding, building these big arms. Um, yeah. No, so basically, <laughs> basically we just finish the a few more weeks of this dieting phase. So thank fuck. And then I can get back to, you know, hitting those heavy weights that I love and perform, better performances in the gym. Um, and obviously everyone likes to eat more food. Um, but so what when so when we move to the building phase, we'll reverse obviously reverse diet up, and then what is what's the goal then in terms of weight gain? Like what's it? What are we? What are we aiming for? Yeah, so I sort of mentioned earlier around kind of one one point two percent of body uh, body weight gain per month. Um, so it's you know it's only like a couple hundred grams per week in in average body weight gain, right? So, but again, like it's I mean that's that's going to go up and down a little bit, but that's ultimately why we look at pictures as well. Right. Like every- and we'll do the skin folds too. I mean, you most people couldn't get, well, you could, if you had someone who could do them for you, Craig's done. It's funny. I pay him out. He does these funny things with the skin, fold with the calibers. Yeah, anyway, just- anyway, but uh, I always pay him out, but yeah, we'll do skin folds, photos. I'll just do photos once a month, um, but you can do measurements, right? Like if you just had a tape measure, measure your waist, do waist measurements is a good yeah, one. Well, look, I'd prefer you to do measurements, you know, and be like everyone else that would tell you. <laughs> But no, we've got the calipers. Can you just do them? Because I'm fucking lazy and I prefer you to do them for me. Um, isn't that right? Hey? <laughs> that That's is what right. It sounds like to me anyway. Um, so yeah, so yeah, skin folds or or, or uh, girth measurements, obviously, like looking at things like with women like like your hips and and um and your belly button and your small waist, they're not going to be things that are going to be affected by your training, like. I'd expect your thighs to go up, but that, that's again going to be indicative of, of muscle gain. Same with your glutes. You obviously get women to, you're certainly from a uh, fat loss perspective, you know, um, glutes change a bit, but in your case, you're already leaner. So if your glutes are going up, that's going to be more indicative of muscle gain. So that's so when, we, when we're checking fat loss, yeah, like hips, belly button, small waist would be the main ones. Um, and then the photos, you know, just kind of look in your photos, how your clothes feeling. So it's sort of while we use, because muscle gain just happens so much slower than fat loss. Like fat loss happens every single week and you can generally see that pretty consistently across all the measurement sites. Um, so, you know, muscle gain just happens slowly. So we just look at pictures and like, it's like one of those things where we just go, you know, how are you feeling? How's the clothes feeling? Yes, this is starting to feel tired. I can't do the top button of my jeans up on my favorite jeans anymore. You know, my measurements have gone up by X amount. 
you know, how you're feeling, if, is, how's your digestion, you know, there's just a few things like that that we want to kind of pay attention from sort of deeper into the muscle game point to kind of then go, all right, I think now's the time to do a bit of a mini cut and kind of wash all this off. Um, so like I said, it's kind of like one, 1.2% 1 of body weight per month. But again, it's just, it just depends on the person. We use all of those metrics to kind of make the best assessment and sort of go, yeah, now's a good time. Or no, look, it's not too bad. We can probably run this for another four weeks or so and, and just kind of keep going. Um, so you kind of use it as a bit of a reactive tool really mm. um, when it's appropriate. And I've just set myself some little mini strength goals. I'm like, there's like five exercises, back squat, sniff leg, trap bar, deadlift, Bulgarian split squat, dips. Just so people know, she's actually... I've written them on the wall. mirror away from the phone. So, so I've set myself these little strength goals. I was like, that's it. Got to build that 2.5 kilos of muscle back. Yeah. I'm determined. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's just reflection. Like you look back when you were your strongest and what you were deadlifting and what you were squatting and all of those. Mm. Like you're just down on all of those. That's right. You actually, you actually know what your numbers are. You've just got to get back to those numbers. Mm. Yeah. Objectively, yeah. that's all you need to do. It's not really just give it time. The thing is, it's like you've had it before, especially with your deadlift. Like you've been really strong, you had it there for such a long time that your body is very accustomed it. to it. Although I'm not deadlifting, obviously, I'm not conventional deadlifting. I'm not allowed. Yeah, well, because <laughs> you want to be more specific, your hamstring. So we're you know we're, we're doing a, a stiff leg, but um, but I mean, a, a, again, regardless, like it's it's you can look at your stiff leg numbers comparatively to a normal deadlift and just go, well, I'm still apparently yeah. like that's still sort of down like you've got probably a good 20 kilos to go on that yeah i'm least. super excited too i'm more excited about like obviously i'm excited about building muscle i'm excited about the strength like having those numbers to hit like i want to you know get up to like yeah, the dips with the 20 kilo plate and yeah, the, the change yeah. in structure you know having yeah. the three lower body days per week and two upper body days yeah, that, cool. that are a bit more focused on you know sort of like pushing and delt work and mm you know, just some single arm rowing, you know, not, not really any other. So it, you know, the, the whole, you know, there's going to be a novel stimulus because there's going to be a bunch of exercises you've just never really done before. Mm. Um, and just the, the combination of, of managing that sort of workload, like, you know, the first day of your, your training, you're doing squats, stiff legs, Bulgarians, mm. leg, leg, leg extensions, leg curls. Like that's kind of like the heavy day, the big day. And then the next day is where you do like the hack squats and some like glute specific stuff, um, adductors, different things like that. So it's like a medium day because the hack squats are still pretty big and you've got some, mm. you got some other single leg stuff in there as well. Yep. And then the third day is like, you've got the single leg leg press, which is not as taxing because obviously the leg press, but then you've got like the single leg hip thrusters and, and, and a, a few other things that are quite taxing. So it's kind of like the light day. So it kind of goes heavy, medium, light. And then you got a rest day and then you go back to heavy again. And then you sort of sprinkle the two upper body days in there. Mm. Um, so it's a very, very different structure. Um, like I said, a bunch of exercises that are going to be new for you. So it's going to create a bit of a novel stimulus. So expect you to be sore mm. probably for the first couple of weeks, but you are sort of starting it now while you're still in the deficit, which is kind of a good thing because it's forcing you to kind of hold back on your training a little bit, yeah. not, not push it too hard. So then you, as you kind of get used to it, Hopefully by that time we can turn it around and the calories start going up. And then all of a sudden you start making these big leapfrog jumps with all your performances and recovery gets better. And mm. you know, that's where you really see a big change in your physique because you're starting off quite lean. And then all of a sudden when your body's so sensitive to, to carbohydrates, just soaks it up with a sponge, but then you, you add on top the big jumps in training performances and your, your physique just goes, 
Right. No, that's what I want. I just want to be more jacked, you know. I want to have more muscle. No, I want to be no, really no, strong. Not, not to sort of blow, but like if you look at it, like some of my progress pictures from when I was really, yeah, yeah. But you're know, also back a in, guy back in, back in Feb. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. you know, I'm still human. We're all human. It's still the same thing. But you know, it's it's just mm-hmm. not going to be as extreme. But it's just like when you get that lean and you go through that and you kind of push the volume of the training up and push the intensity up alongside with all of the extra food when your your body's ready to suck it up. Like that's where you'll see really big changes. Mm. Um, it's really exciting. It's really, mm. really fun. So. But for a lot of like the women that we work with that, you know, you've talked about this in previous podcasts that don't have much training experience at all, if any, and, you know, they can actually body recomp because they're newbie, the newbie gains, they can put yeah. muscle and lose body fat yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Like some of our best trends, Anna and Sean, holy shit, like they look amazing and they train three days a week. Mm-hmm. You know, they're really consistent with their nutrition. They gain muscle and lost body fat because they were new to lifting. Like yep. that's the great thing about the newbie gains, isn't it? Yes. The newbie gains. Yeah. You don't need to do any crazy stuff with your, with your food at that stage. You just, mm. just be consistent with it. Like, like I said, for a lot of time when we recomp someone, we just find their maintenance calories and just sit them there. Um, and they just, as they, they get stronger and all of a sudden they'll hit this point and they'll be like, Oh, I'm actually getting really hungry now. And you look at their training numbers and you're like, mm. Oh, you've made some really good progress with all of these. Yep. That makes sense foods you know being adhered to your steps are all good okay cool let's make a bump in food and then you see the training performances go up again and then they message you maybe in four or five weeks ah, i'm getting hungry again you know um so it's it's kind of a natural progression and that's mm. uh, that's quite good because it keeps it keeps the food fairly sort of easy to manage at that point so, mm. anyway yeah that's cool anyway that's it so looking forward to just a few more weeks of dieting and getting out of that and just um, getting that food back up and touching some nice heavy weights again, it's very, will be very exciting. I was like, you watch me hit those strength numbers. I, mean, I look at them every day when I'm in my office. I glance over at them. I'm like, just you wait. I look at them and think, wait till I get out of this fucking calorie deficit. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. He's like, oh, he's so annoying. <laughs> well, it's annoying is it's just like come bursting into my office. Hey, look at this that I just did. Watch this. That's very good. You will be more excited for me. This is the, these are the conversations that we that we have here. Well, I'm just showing you that I'm implementing your feedback. Yeah, being no, a good I, client. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's about fucking time. It's only yeah. fucking eight years, but anyway. Uh, anyway, guys, look, I hope I hope, I hope you enjoyed that, and I think you know if you. Listening to this, you can see the value or, or hear the, what the value is in coaching. And I think, you know, like I've always had coaches for our training, for our business. And, you know, when I, like I speak to, oh, how many women a week? Like, I don't know, 30 women a week, maybe I do heaps of calls. But the two things, the most common things that, that every woman has said to me is basically the reasons why they haven't been able to achieve whatever their goals are. So every woman comes in with different goals into our program you know, whether it's muscle gain, fat loss, muscle gain, and then improving their health markers. But they're always like, Kitty, I just don't know how. I don't know. I don't know how to tie it all together in a, in a way that I can do it in a sustainable way without, you know, they've done all the keto and the dieting. So they don't know the method. And number two thing they always say is I need accountability and support because mm-hmm. I go well for a while and then I fall off the wagon and then I get derailed and I binge eat and all, I don't do all my progress. So that they are the top two things. And I think that's where the value of the coaching comes in. So if you work with us in our coaching program, um, you, you work with the coach one-on-one. So we've got two programs. You can work with Craig and I one-on-one. That's obviously more expensive and we've got limited spots. So currently we're full. So we've got a wait list. 
Um, and then you can work with one of our coaches who are all amazing, all the testimonials you see from our coaches. But when you come in, they actually put together a plan that's specific to you. So even though we all use the overarching same principles, how we apply it to each person is different because everyone has different goals, different starting points. We customize your nutrition, your training, there's regular check-ins, there's reviews, there's feedback, there's feedback on your lifting um, and, you know, high accountability. So you can't run away and bury your head in the sand because your coach is going to be there going, what are you doing? You know, and our coaching style, I think, is we're very supportive and caring, but we'll also have the hard conversation with you if you keep doing things that don't align with what you've told us you want to achieve because we want you to reach your goals too. So, you know, if you're listening to this and you've sort of been thinking, oh, you know, I want to, I want to do this, I'm not sure, I'll pop a link in the show notes and you can book in and have a chat with me. But you know what the other thing that all of the testimonials say in our program? I followed you for years, Kitty, and I sat on the fence for years and I wish I'd done it sooner just ask yourself if you're not happy with where you are now if you're the same if you feel the same if you look the same in 12 months time will you be happy And if the answer is no and fucking pull your finger out <laughs> and jump in and do it you won't regret it so i'll pop that i'll pop that um link in the show notes and you can we can book in and we can have have a chat so i hope you enjoyed that I hope that wasn't too boring i just thought you know it'd be cool to update everyone on what i'm doing um what craig's doing and um we'll uh i always say we'll see you next week but we won't see you because it's a podcast and you don't see anything but you know uh-huh. we'll be back next week <laughs> thanks again craig mcdonald